praise you, Lord, I praise you. Oh, I praise you. Yes, I praise you. How I praise you, my precious Lord. I love you, Lord, I love you. Oh, I love you. Yes, I love you, Lord, I love you, my lovely Lord. You are worthy, Lord, you're worthy. So you're worthy, so worthy. Oh, you're worthy, most holy Lord. Oh, the heavens and How God turns our offering into a supernatural blessing. Now we're going to look at two Bible characters. Abraham is one of them, and Hannah is the other. And we're going to see how the Lord put them in a situation where it was impossible for something to occur that they wanted in their lives. They wanted a blessing from the Lord. But it was a, an impossible situation. They were squeezed into an area where no human wisdom or ingenuity could ever help them attain that blessing. And we find ourselves, you may find yourself in such a situation, something you're praying for, something that the Lord has promised to you, something that you expect in your life to make a huge difference in your spiritual walk. And it's actually an opportunity from the Lord, if we understand it correctly, from these two characters in the Bible. These are opportunities from heaven, specifically designed and engineered, so that we can jump into the supernatural from the natural. We're living on a natural plane, physically, materially, on this earth, but the Lord is always trying to raise us up out of the natural, even while we live on this earth, into a supernatural realm. God wants us to grow in His grace. He wants us to understand that there's another dimension that He wants to take us to. Let's look right now at Genesis 22 and read the story of how Abraham was called to give up Isaac, the promised child. Reading from chapter 22 of Genesis, verse 1, And it came to pass, after these things, that God did tempt Abraham, and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains that, or which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him. And Isaac his son enclaved the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place which God had told him. 
Now this is the promised child, the very child that Abraham and Sarah were waiting for, for more than two decades. Finally the child is given, and yet the Lord is not pleased with their spiritual walk. Now it's not to say that they were disobedient, but God had something more in mind. God wanted to increase their faith, their inheritance, in every stage of our lives, just like in Abraham's life, God will come to us with a certain requirement, and as we are keen on understanding what exactly the Lord is looking for in my life, at this stage of my life, and we fulfill that requirement, we offer up that which He requires freely, then God takes us to an entirely different dimension and plane. But until we come to that point, we can never experience more of the supernatural. Now this is the promised child, the very child through whom the entire world was to be blessed. Abraham knew that. And yet, he's coming to God, who is an awesome God, he's a wonderful God, and he's a God that has no limits. He will take us to a height spiritually where we can never dream of. Now Abraham had been walking with God for so many years up to this point. But just like with Job, and as we see Hannah, he's going to stretch that faith. He's going to call for something that is difficult for the carnal mind to understand, but perfectly reasonable for the spiritual person. In Abraham's case, on the third day, verse 4, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto the young men, his young men, Abide ye here with the donkey, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship, and come again to you. And we see right here Abraham's faith. He believed that what God had promised through Isaac, even though God had called him to offer the child on the mountains of Moriah, God was going to raise him from the dead do something to finish his program or purpose with Abraham. And indeed, to the whole world. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them together. Again, Abraham is not just giving Isaac a line to cover up the truth, but he was speaking out of faith. He knew that the Lord is going to do something. As we see in the, the New Testament, interpreting the Old Testament, years later, explicitly stating that he believed that God could call those things that were not as though they were. That he could even raise the dead, raise his son Isaac, if need be, to fulfill his promise. And they came to the place which God had told Abraham, told him of, and Abraham built an altar there, and laid the wooden order and bound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. The altar 
signifies an offering. Whenever an altar is built, you see in the Old Covenant especially, an offering is brought to God. When people see dignitaries in this world, they go to visit very important people, VIPs, they don't go empty-handed, but they go there with an offering, with something out of respect and honor, please accept this small gift. It's an honor of you. In certain customs, when people go to certain lands, they'll put that garland of flowers. They'll do various things to offer something to honor that person. When it comes to the Most High God, He wants an offering that does not cost us little. Not because He is a greedy God, or He does not have. He has everything. That's why He says, if I were hungry, I would not have told you. Because all of the cattle on a thousand hills belongs unto me. God wants us to know He's giving us an opportunity to give unto Him that for which He will give much, much more as we exercise faith in Him and obediently give up that offering. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him, for now I know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son from me. Abraham is giving the greatest treasure in his heart next to the Almighty God in this life. And God knew full well the price he was paying in offering Isaac. Now the Lord God Almighty knew the plan that he was going to execute. Surely as Abraham was willing and ready to execute his son, physically, God was willing to execute his divine plan to stop him at that point of full commitment to follow through in that total offering to God, not withholding anything. God was ready to give Abraham all the blessings. So the angel testifies, I see now that you really fear God. Now in times past, the Lord testified that Abraham did fear God. But this was a, another level Another advance in his spiritual journey with God. How many of us want to grow in Christ, to go deeper with God? This message is not about simply taking out some money from our wallet and giving it to the Lord or to a ministry. This message is about a deep offering from our hearts unto God, saying, God, this is costing me in the physical realm, but I have faith that you are the living God and you are worth all of it. Indeed, everything belongs unto you. I'm giving it from my heart. What happened to Abraham? Not only did God bring that ram caught in the thicket for the burnt offering in the place of his son, but he confirmed his covenant. See, the plan that God has for your life and my life, God takes us on a walk, holding our hands to see whether we are worthy of that great blessing that is spiritual and eternal that God has for us. The Lord Jesus said a similar thing. He said, He that 
does not hate even his own life is not worthy of me. Meaning, if we're not giving to give, willing to give everything to the Lord, then we're not worthy of the matchless prize and gifts that He has for us in eternity. God wants to see whether we believe to the point of commitment. What did God do for Abraham? He confirmed that covenant that, verse 18, And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. Because Abraham obeyed his voice, God put him into a tight corner. God does that for us. Out of his fatherly love, the divine love, he causes us to get into the proverbial rock in a hard place, between the two, where there's no way out. God is saying, I want this. The Holy Spirit comes in and He nudges us and says, this may not be sinful. It may be a blessing. It may be something good. But are you willing at my call and demand to lay that on the altar? Amen? God comes to each of us and speaks to us in the Spirit and says, these things may be good, they may be permissible, but for you, they're not edifying. For you to go to the next level, I want you to offer up that Isaac to show whether you're going to be worthy of the greater blessing I have for you. See, if Abraham kept Isaac, who was the promised child, and did not offer him up to the Lord when the Lord commanded him, he would have had that natural blessing of having the heir, but he would not have had the supernatural blessing. So, the edification to build up the whole earth, to build up the family and generation of Abraham, to give multiplied blessings, he had to obey God and give that up. Hannah, on the other hand, was not commanded by God to do this sacrifice. But she perceived in her spirit that I need to do something for the Lord. I'm come to a point where I'm at an impossible juncture. I cannot have a child. There's something in my life now that I need to have done, but that is impossible, and only God can help me. But I feel in my spirit that the Lord is moving me to make some sort of commitment, some sort of vow, some sort of offering unto God. It's not always money. It has to do with the deeper things in our lives. What Hannah did was, she offered up the child that the Lord was going to give her. Let's read uh, 1 Samuel chapter 1. Now there was a certain man of Ramathaim Zophim of Mount Ephraim, and his name was Alcanah, the son of Jeroha, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, and Ephrathite. And he had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah, and the name of the other Penina. And Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. And this man went up out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And when the time was come, the time was that 
Elkanah offered, he gave to Penina his wife and to all her sons and her daughters portions. But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah. But the Lord had shut up her womb. Now here's a case where the woman is quite obviously loved by her husband. She seems to have everything that she needs, but she doesn't have a child. Now that was a social taboo, especially in that culture, in that uh, age. And also today in many circles still. But even barring that, it's a deep source of pain in the heart for those who long to have children and cannot. Here comes the Lord working in Hannah to long to call upon Him who alone can do the miracle. Now it says here that she was under persecution and her adversary, that is Penina, also provoked her sore for to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb. And as He did so year by year, when she went up into the house of the Lord, she provoked her, therefore she wept and did not eat. Then said Alcana, her husband, to her, Hannah, why weepest thou? And why eatest thou not? And why is thy heart grieved? Am not I better to thee than ten sons? No answer. So ran, Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul. This is the corner that we're speaking about. Being squeezed into a position where there's deep distress. Lord, I'm longing for something in my life. I need a breakthrough. I need a miracle. I need your hand to come in and do the miracle. Hannah was purposely put into that place. Notice, it doesn't say in the scriptures that she had a genetic problem. Her husband had a physical problem. Notice that there was mention of none of these things there. But it says clearly that the Lord shut up her womb. Clearly, the Lord was the one who gave Isaac to Abraham, and he was the same God who came and demanded that Isaac be offered up. We don't understand many times in the human frame of mind why God allows certain hard situations where we can't seem to prosper in a certain area, or we seem to be at the verge of losing something that we were waiting for and holding on to dearly, but the Lord is saying, that's the very thing I want you to give up. In our lives, there was a point in which uh, our oldest child, who's also named Samuel, incidentally, um, the Lord asked my wife, actually, one day, if she would be willing to place Samuel on the altar. Now, as I said, this is not a simple, yes, Lord, whatever you say, it was a deep, deep thing from the heart because the price we knew could be martyrdom. When the Lord asks for something, He wants it totally. And we thought that if the Lord would call our firstborn to go to the field somewhere across the ocean, and He, were caught, he was caught in a situation where His life would have to be offered for the sake of the gospel, then this is what it entails. Now that is something very, very uh, grievous to the human heart. To have a child, which we also asked of the Lord for, therefore we named him Samuel, we asked the Lord for the child, 
and the Lord gave the child, we dedicated the child to the Lord's service, and the Lord came back and said, you've dedicated him to my service, but have you placed him on the altar? Have you totally consecrated him, no matter what, even if it means that his life would, be have, to, uh, would have to be given for my sake and the gospel's sake? It took a brief time of intense struggle for my wife, not because she didn't love the Lord, she loved the Lord with all her heart. But this is what I'm speaking of. God takes us through different junctures in our Christian walk and begins to draw us and mold us to be even more like Him. And at every stage, He's requiring a greater consecration, a greater commitment, an offering unto the Lord. Abraham offered up Isaac. It was an offering unto the Lord. It was not simply, I have this money here that I can give to the Lord, but it's not going to take me out of my house. It's not going to cost me uh, heat this month in the cold weather. It's not going to cost me much. But I'm giving it to the Lord. The Lord says to us, unless it costs us, it's not a true offering. In Abraham's life, in Hannah's life, the Lord came and spoke very clearly through the Spirit or through the voice audibly from heaven, through the angel, that something more is required here. We can never go higher with God until we say, Lord, have I done everything you've asked me to do? Is there something I'm withholding? We really and truly need to ask the Lord that. Father, I say and I sing that I am yours, that you are mine. And everything I have is yours. But deep in the recess of my heart, is there something that I'm holding back, which you have your finger on, that would cost me too much, would hurt me emotionally too much, to give up to you? Let's continue reading about Hannah, and we're going to conclude with a few thoughts that the Lord will use to take us to the next level. Picking up on verse 10, And she was in bitterness of soul. Here she is childless, and she's doing the right thing. Her husband is doing the right thing. And she has her enemy, her adversary, ridiculing her. You don't have a child. I have children, you don't have a child. In other words, you are not worthy of a child. How many times have people who follow the Lord, been ridiculed by Satan, and through his emissaries in this world, who look down upon God's children because of affliction, because of uh, lack of a certain blessing at a certain time. It's not that the Lord doesn't have it for us. It's that the Lord is taking us through that desert, that rough place, till He takes out of us everything that is carnal, everything that has a worldly attachment, everything that is human wisdom, laying it flat on the altar, saying, O oh Lord, whatever you require at any moment in my life, it's yours. Lord, I mean that. Then God will take us to the next step, the next level. She wept sore, and she vowed a vow. Here is Hannah's offering. Abraham was demanded of the Lord explicitly Take now your son, your only son, and offer him there for a burnt offering. 
on the mountains of Moriah. Here, Hannah is not told explicitly to offer anything. But she perceives, because she's a spiritual woman, that something is blocking this blessing from coming into my life. God is calling out of me something that is stay, staying affixed to this world, hoping for the natural means. You know what she did? She vowed that, Lord, if you will indeed look on my trouble, my affliction, and remember me and don't forget me, in the midst of my difficulty today, I'm going through economic hardship, I'm going through uh, uh, problems in my family, misunderstandings, I'm going through separation from my loved ones, I'm going through uh, difficulty in the neighborhood, at my work. Lord, I have pressures coming down upon my head, pressure to perform, there are people who are coming and breathing down my neck to do certain things uh, that I cannot do physically and humanly. The demands are too much for me. It's impossible. God comes and says, come closer to me, bow to me. Make an offering to me in faith that that which you offer that costs you, I will turn that natural offering into a supernatural blessing. Hallelujah. That's the title of the message. How God takes our natural offering and turns it into a supernatural blessing. Hannah vowed that, Lord, I'm going to give you this male child, this baby, unto you all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. And as she was praying, Eli thought she was drunk, but she said, no, I'm not drunk, verse 15, but I'm a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. What do the people of the world do? When they come to a hard situation, as it says in Proverbs, to him who has troubles and woes, they go to the wine, the bottle. They go to the movies, they go to the beach, they go to entertainment, whatever it is, to take their mind off of their troubles. Now psychologically, it has an immediate but temporal, superficial, you can say artificial benefit. For the moment, my mind is diverted, but the problem is still there. Hannah was not a worldly woman. She was a godly woman who knew, Lord, there's some stronghold in my life that is holding back the blessing. Now the Lord has shut up the womb. But there's something in my heart that needs to be poured out as an offering unto the Lord so that the supernatural blessing of God can come in. The birth of Samuel was a natural birth. He was not born suddenly in a fire that came from heaven. He was not birthed uh, unto a virgin Hannah like the Lord Jesus Christ. It was a natural birth but it was supernaturally ordained and supernaturally used. The child became a child like no other. Just as Isaac was already determined by God, in accordance with the obedience of Abraham at every step, because even after he had obeyed the Lord up until that point, when it came to God bringing a bigger requirement, a greater demand, 
Because he obeyed, explicitly it stated in Genesis 22, because even at that point he obeyed, God unleashed that supernatural blessing. He said, for now I know, surely, because you haven't held back that which is dear to you, the dearest thing, you had faith in me, therefore you offered it to me in faith. I'm going to reward you. I'm going to reward you more than you can ever imagine. That in your seed, even through this Isaac, the nations of the earth will be blessed.